Welcome to episode five of Whole Lot of Wolves. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. And I'm Paula Page. And it's my pleasure to introduce our guest this week, Dan John from the New York Wolves. How you doing today, Dan? Good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Always love talking wolves. Well, then you're on the perfect spot. So tell us a little bit about how your support of wolves came about. Obviously, born in Wolverhampton, born and raised, didn't have a choice, which, you know, felt like a bad thing for the the, the, yeah, the struggling years, but now couldn't could not be happier. Season ticket holder as a kid before I moved abroad at 18. And uh, yeah, been been following the wolves. It's been a it's it's like a tie back to home. You know, when you're living a, you're living abroad, it's something you can talk about your friends, family, and you know can't get enough of it. And you became somewhat of a social media star following the Crystal Palace away game in the first season back. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened there? Yeah, that was a little bit crazy. So living in New York, I know a lot of Mexican guys. A very good friend of one of the ones I used to work with at a bar. And he's a big Club America fan. Raul started his career at Club America. He's a fan favorite over there, still very well loved, as we can tell by the Mexican third kit last year and so forth. So we were sitting around after closing one night, having a few beers, and I'd uh, managed to get a ticket for the front row at the Palace game away when I was traveling back home. And we thought it would be a laugh. Just to, I was like, I'll wear a Club America shirt. He'll score. He'll come and celebrate with me, and it'll be fun. He obviously didn't see me during the game. He was too focused on trying to do his job. But at the end of the game, the camera happened to pan across the away fan end and pick me up in a Club America shirt. So I'd been traveling around with my American phone, so I wasn't getting any updates. And the night before I flew back, I started getting, you know, hooked onto the Wi-Fi at the hotel, started getting pinged left, right and center. That Mexican Twitter was blowing up trying to find out who the hell I was and why I was wearing a Club America shirt to the game. Long story short, the result of it was that the club knew who I was and because of my New York Wolves affiliations and they got in contact with me. Club America wanted to fly me down to Mexico. I got to talk to Raul on FaceTime. You know, I hung out in, in Mexico City for a couple of days, watched a playoff game for Club America in Mexico City. And you know what? I've been an avid fan ever since. That's incredible. That is an awesome story. What was that conversation with Raul like? It was a shock because it was being set up with one of the other marketing guys. And I assumed I was just speaking to him. So I wasn't prepared at all. He was like, I just have a wolf shirt on. So I'm like, okay, I'm expecting to talk to uh, to Russell over there in, in the marketing department. And then Raul picks up and I was just, I was, you know, I was beside myself. He, he was, he's such a nice guy. He made such a great effort with me and, uh, you know, really really is a shining example to have at the club that's that's tremendous what a great story thanks yeah yeah thanks for sharing that with us so let's kick off here by talking about the fulham game wolves won one nil wasn't the prettiest result but as we saw from this past weekend with some of the big names going down three points are three points guys yeah absolutely you know what we can take some positives. We can take some negatives out of the game. In terms of the positives for me, I think when Semedo gets bedded into that system, he's going to be lethal. He showed why we paid the money we paid for him. And I think eventually, whether it's with him and Podence, him, Neto, or, you know, obviously him and Traore, that right-hand side is going to be a real, real danger. When, when, when they find a partnership on that right that works, it's going to be a real, real danger for other teams. I see that as well. I think his chance in the first half that the keeper 
pulled off a worldly four to to get the the second one. I think that shows you his attacking intent. And if he's starting popping up in those types of positions, then yeah, you're right. He's going to start chipping in with goals from from that point. I hope his injury is not too bad. I didn't see anything subsequently of what the diagnosis was. I suppose it was good that he stayed on to play for a little bit before getting subbed. So let's hope that the international break's kind and is is in a good spot to come back. Yeah, I think I think he'll be fine. And like you guys were saying, he just looked like such a force going forward several times during that game, and it's really exciting. And like Dan said. Once him and Adama really start working up a rapport, that's going to be tough to stop. I think he's close control something else. He gets a ball at his feet and you've got to keep a real close eye on it because he, he moves it so fast and he's quickly off. The, the positives there, just a couple of games in from him in particular, I think are a, a one to Lord for definite. I'd like to give a little shout out as well. He hasn't had many minutes, but Kilman looked fairly assured for most of the game. Definitely somebody I want to see. I mean, he's still young. I think 23 off the top of my head. I'm, I'm not 100%, but he's definitely somebody who stepped into that game and uh, I think did a job. And uh, I think his job was made a little bit more difficult at times by, you know, Sace just I, I wasn't quite sure in that game what position Sace was playing <laughs> because he was put down at left wing back but sometimes he was at the halfway like, like he was kind of marauding I don't know if that was intentional or not but I yeah I'd like to give a shout out to Kilman I think he, he put in a very solid performance I do think it needs to be pointed out that they got a clean sheet with Kilman at center back and Saiz playing left wing back and against a attacker who's absolutely had our pants down in previous games as well, in Mitrovic. And he's bullied Cody in the past where at Craven Cottage previously. He was up there on his own for the bulk of it and they had some chances in the second half. But I think, again, any time that you lose 4-0 the previous week, bounce back to get a clean sheet, you take that for definite regardless of the opponent. In terms of the negatives, if we if we have to talk about them, we were very sloppy a lot of the time and you don't expect that from a Wolves team I'm hoping that that is because Nuno the way he coaches he drills these players where they're going to go where they expect players to be and I just think I'm hoping with the new recruits coming in a lack of pre-season the injuries we've got that we weren't expecting that it's just the case that people are just a little bit rusty, that the, the squad hasn't quite gelled yet but I will say at times some of the passing was going to nobody. I'm trying to be optimistic and say that that is like a pre-season issue. Like, obviously, I know we're in the season, but we didn't really have a pre-season. So hopefully more play, more game time, and that will sort that out. I'm inclined to agree. A couple of areas that I want to see improvement is the ability to, to kill a game off. And we're hanging on a little bit in the second half. And if we can just get that cutting edge that we're able to, when a team sets up like Fulham, just when we get those chances to really take them. And it came before the goal, but when Raul got put through, when the ball came over the top, I'd have 
put my mortgage on him slotting the ball away. And I think when you get those types of chances, that's the ones that we really want to nail. And if we score early, it's more comfortable. If we take the lead first and we're able to get a, a second, that makes it even, even more comfortable as well. Towards the end, we couldn't really get the ball up the field and make it stick. And that was what was troubling to me. We brought Traore on, but even he didn't really pick up the ball and run at him or have a sniff of holding it up and relieving the pressure on the back line. So I'm with you, Dan. I think it's it's early. It, it's still these first six weeks, two months even. It's a weird season and games like that are going to happen. But I'd have probably said maybe last season, definitely the season before, that's a game against an opponent towards the bottom of the league. We probably would have dropped points in and maybe even lost. So definitely another positive to date there, I think. Not to be too much of a worry going forward, but I think we're going to really struggle. I know the international break's coming, but I noticed that we've struggled bringing players back after the international break. We always look a bit like the game after the international break. I don't think Leeds have got too many internationals in their squad. So I think that's going to be a big test against Bielsa's Leeds because they've hit the ground running. I don't think too many of their players are going away. Unlike, I don't know if you remember the old days where occasionally Alex Ray would go play for Scotland or you'd have, you know, you'd have one or two players out in an international break and we'd be amazed at Wolves. But now we're losing a lot of our players, which is obviously a positive. It speaks to the standard of the team we have. But I always do notice we come back a little bit leggy after the international break. So hopefully it won't be too much of an issue this time. I I remember international breaks when we still had to play. So I'm thankful for where we are. We might have had a Welsh under 21 international that had to go and play (laughs) in some far off place. And and we'd still have to play on a Friday night or something crazy. So, yeah, we, we can be we can be down in the dumps about this, but know that it's for all the all the right reasons and ultimately like i said three points is three points we saw what happened to liverpool we saw what happened to man u i mean those were beatdowns and yeah just just getting three points in this league you'll take it any way you can get it right now and the hammers again going to leicester and winning three yeah there's some there's some crazy results at the moment and everton are playing well and i do i there could be there could be a shift this season and it might not necessarily be down to one team doing fantastically well. It just might be the craziness of, of what's going on and no fans in the stadiums and late starts, no pre-seasons. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen. But yeah, talking about us specifically, we've got more points after four games than the previous two seasons. So let's take that and build on it. We haven't worked out too shabbily after being in worse positions previously. And also, like you say, it's a long slog. Teams peak early and then struggle to finish the season. Whereas, you know, without COVID, we normally, you know, start slow and finish fairly strong. Obviously, last season wasn't, you know, I think I think the COVID break and everything messed us up a little bit. But overall, I'm positive for where we're heading. If you're at school or building your experience in digital communications and would like to help with everything that goes into putting whole lot of walls together, then get in touch. We're always on the lookout for willing hands when it comes to graphic design, social media and podcast production. Send us an email at hello at wholelotofwalls.com. Again, that's hello at wholelotofwalls.com. And we hope to welcome you onto the team. The transfer window ended last night. Little bit slower on the last day than we were expecting. I know Paul and I were texting throughout the day, 
kind of hoping for one or two more signings that didn't come in. Overall, I was really pleased. How about you guys? Yeah, I'm really happy with what we've done. Overall, I think we've done, honestly, really, really fantastic business. And I think if the rumors are to be believed, I've seen it floating around Twitter. The Alti Nori guy, I don't know if I, I'm saying that correctly. After he played PSG, they were trying to sign him. And yeah, I saw that as well. They couldn't because we've already got a done deal with him. So that speaks to the kind of player we've just brought in, that PSG were going after him. And, you know, they had to be told, sorry, somebody beat you to it. I think I even saw one of the fan site go back to a tweet they sent out probably two seasons ago where it was us, Man United and someone else that were looking at him, even as a 17-year-old. So this kid's highly thought of, for sure. We're just talking about the success that, Semedo can bring. I think it talks to what Nuno's looking to accomplish that those two players are crucial to this setup going forwards. And if it is a more robust 5 3 2, that you've got more of a 10 supporting Raul, be it Podence or Traore and Neto's in the midfield or tucked in a little bit. They're going to have to expect a lot of attacking output from from those two flanks. I think Samido is going to be the guy to do it. And hopefully Adnour is going to be the other one as well down the opposite flank. What I think we may be trying to do by nailing down Cody, obviously Nuno and Raul. Let's not forget that that all happened in the window as well. And I read that we might be looking to nail down Traore as well. I would not be surprised to see before Christmas, January, to see Neves maybe get nailed down a bit further. I think we might be addressing this season to do as well as we can, but more of a growth season to come back stronger next season because we're locking these guys in and letting them know that, look, we're going to do as well as we can this season, but we want you on long contracts so that you're not going anywhere next summer. And if you do go somewhere next summer, somebody's going to have to pay through the nose for you. I'd like to do see us do well this season. I think when Nuno gets the system going, we'll get flying. But I wouldn't be surprised to find out that he's buying young. I mean, for us to break our transfer record on Fabio Silva, I think as you know, as frustrated as some fans have been with his performances so far, the kid's 18 years old. We are definitely looking to the future, and the fact that Nuno brought him into the squad so quickly is, I think, a testament to the fact that he is going to be somebody that we're going to see a lot of this season. Yeah, I really love that take, and I'll expand upon it a little bit more. I know people were disappointed that we didn't address center back. We didn't address the midfield as well. We were kind of expecting maybe uh, Paulina to come in. I think, like you're saying, this is more of a transition season. So Fosin probably said to Nuno, okay, look, We're not going to necessarily buy all the pieces you need for this year. Come January, I think for that transfer window, if they're in the hunt for a Champions League spot, then we can go and address those needs. But I think for right now, let's go through the list here. Uh, Because it's getting a little frustrating to me, people saying, oh, we didn't improve the first team, which is not true. Johnny's injury was a killer. Okay, that changed the whole window on what they had to do. But you look at Doherty left. Okay, they brought in Semedo. That's a huge upgrade. Okay, Jada left, but we really need to look at Potence as somebody because he was so late getting into the first team. I mean, we already had the replacement. Okay, Captain Stepover has gone out on loan. Vinagre, 
and replaced by Marcel, and then eight, I, I consider that an upgrade. Vitana is a little bit of the wild card, I think, and obviously I think this window will be judged over the next few years by how well Silva does, but this is this has been a great window. I mean, we didn't have that backup for Jimenez to groom, and now we do in Fabio Silva, who is so highly rated. So I think you're exactly right, Dan. This is kind of a transition. Hey, let's let's try and do the best we can. I think come January, they'll reassess, maybe get a few more buys if they feel like they can make a run now. But I do feel like next year is the year they're looking at. It gave me the idea that it's a little like a, a draft class in the NFL, that you never really judge it in that first season. But two or three years later, you look and think, wow, look at the draft class that the Wolves signed in the summer window of 2020. Look how those guys have turned out. So it could well be. I think that talks to a, a measured strategy. I think it talks talks to a forward-thinking one for sure. What really pleases me is securing Raul's long-term future here and a perfect understudy, someone that he can pass the torch to because I think when he gets into more of his twilight years, 31, 32, towards the end of that four-year contract, I think he he's the guy who won't be adverse to start coming from the bench, knowing that we've got Fabio Silva there who, who's been groomed, who's learned his craft off the master, who knows the formation inside out. And that's a, that's a natural transition. And he'll have had a, a nice pay rise to do that. And we congratulate him for everything that he's done. And then, yeah, in three or four years' time, I'm sure he can get a nice little transfer back to Liga MX or MLS. Or MLS, yeah. That's his big money move that he can retire off the back of that and and still be adored globally for the next two or three years playing in a different country. So I think that was perfect. And what I like from from those comments that I think we pick up on is that those players that we sign into long-term contracts, like Dan said, are being done strategically. And they probably looked at Jota in that way and thought that he's going to be due a new contract in a couple of years. Is the time right now to sell him and and get a good deal? Or are we going to have to stump up and pay? So I think when that was looked at and they're being really cutthroat, seeing where they want to go, where they want to take this team, it made better financial commercial sense to accept the bid and, and part ways. So I think that makes for a good strategy going forward that they're clinical with the players that they want. They'll spend on those that they want. They'll lock down those that they want. And and we've got a real good foundation to move forward. I'm going to go on record now. I think uh, Vihana or however, you know, again, Portuguese pronunciation is not my <laughs> forte. I think you're looking at a Dendonka style play, not, st- not in the same way. He doesn't play the same style of football. What I mean is you're not going to see him until Christmas, January. Um, and then he's going to, I honestly do believe, I watched his highlights. This kid, he's got talent. I honestly do believe, like Dendonka, you won't see him for a while. But then when you do, I can see a midfield of Neves, Dendonka, and then Vitana playing in front of them. Neto, Podence, or Traore on the wings with Silver or Raul in the middle. Because I watched him only, only briefly in that terrible Stoke game. But every time he got the ball, he seemed to want to turn towards goal which is what we need in that midfield. So I, I really do think he's going to take a while to bed in. But when he does, it's going to be like Dendonka, where you're going to see him every week. I think it fits to the narrative that we might not see a ton of 3-4-3 three, three 
this season, but we'll see more of 5-3-1-1. And he could be the the point of the triangle in the three and kind of intertwine well with that attacker who's may have a free role, maybe the more number 10, be it, be it Traore or Podence. I, I think they've got one eye on, on Neto being more of a inside midfielder as well. I think he's he's shown flashes that he could have that strength to his game as well. So I think there's a there's a lot of positives. Yeah, I, I really agree. And I think it says something that Nuno re-upped once they brought in Silva and Vitana. I, I think those were the two guys he went after. And from there, okay, now I'm locked up. Now let's work on the first team. But those were, I think, the two guys that he said, if you get these two guys, I'm going to re-up and we'll get to the Champions League. Yeah, I think I think it all comes down to that strategy, and you've you summarized it really well. And back to Raul, I really enjoyed how, you know, this whole summer we've heard, oh, he's, he's going to Man U, he's going to Juventus, he wants to play Champions League. But what have we always heard in the local newspaper, Paul? He loves to walk his dogs around Wolverhampton, <laughs> yeah. and he never has to worry about people bothering him. Did you notice one of those photos when he resigned? What did he have with him? His yeah, dogs. I dog. think that right there was the message. This is my home. I'm comfortable here. I'm used to being a superstar in Mexico where I can't go anywhere. Wolverhampton, it's different. And I I thought that was really telling and a great photo. I think it was even more telling that we'd signed him up, we got him locked down. And then immediately Man United had to go out and get Cavani. So <laughs> I wouldn't have put it down that there was some interest in there, but I take it as a, yeah, giving Man United the middle finger that he might have had the option to go. But he said, no, I'm, I'm happy where I am. I know where this club's going. I'm happy in the area. Yeah, family man settling down now. Youngster's just arrived, you know. So, yeah, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do think there's a lot of loyalty there. You know, you've got to remember he was at Atletico, Benfica. He wasn't the first choice choice striker. He was, you know, the second, third choice striker. He comes to us and he really launches his career as a global superstar off the back of playing us playing him every week and him showing what he can do. And, you know, everyone says there's no loyalty in football. Money talks. Well, obviously, Foson does have the money and money does play a big part in it. But I, I would really like to think there is a part of it, like you say, he's happy here and he's kind of paying us back for let, giving him that chance. Yeah, I think yeah. he's shining. And the, the benefit for us about his, his previous clubs and his lack of playing time is that there's tread on the tyre of a forward of 29 who's coming 30. That beef he's been playing week in week out since age of 18 19 he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna have those those miles that we need to worry about so much so i think it, it makes a ton of sense every, every way you possibly look at it and paul now let's get to you had a little t- twitter grading system yeah i put it out as a as a tweet to to do a school grade of of what folks saw the, tr- the transfer window coming out for us and a few comments that I want to call out from our lovely loyal listeners. Stu, he said he's going to have to go with a C other than some. We're in the dark about how the kids will perform, really could go either way. I think that that's valid, but it's kind of glass half empty, glass half full when it comes to that. Hoops, another fancast legend, B plus for him. I think that's pretty much where where I am, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Spencer, Houston's very own. Sam says, I'm happy with the window. We've made considerable profit on the likes of Doherty and Jota. Both Podence and Neto can fill Jota's role and look strong. Doherty was a fantastic bit of business. Overall, we made a profit and added to the team. A lot of exciting talent. So I think that's a good summary. Just looking at the poll that runs for uh, another few hours, it's just over 50% grading it a B. So I'd, I'd probably give it a give it a B. I think my only negative, if we'd have got a centre-back, like we talked about previously, that got some experience that, that could come in and would have been decent profile, got some experience who could have come in and immediately taken a starting berth. I think that would have pushed it to an A for me. But yeah, as it stands, I'm I'm going to take it for sure. I, I will say maybe, depending how quickly he beds in, you put Nori left back. Because if he can do the job against PSG, I'm sure he can do a job. If Marcel comes back and takes left centre back, then you've got Cody or Bolly takes left centre back, put Marcel right, whatever, whatever works. You could have a fairly solid back three when they get to know each other. I'm just trying to be optimistic. I've, I've seen so many years of drafts. I, I think I'm trying to be overly optimistic. I, I will jump in on a B plus. And the plus for me comes from potentially selling Vinagra for 22 mil, selling Jota for potentially 45 mil. These are not small numbers of players going out. So obviously we're talking about who's come in, but in terms of who's gone out, we've got good money for them. I thought it was a little bit low on Doherty, but when you think we paid 75000 for him 10 years ago, that is a very big improvement over 10. Like any kind of financial investment firm that could make that much money over 10 years would be very happy with that. So overall, the plus comes for me because we made some good money selling. I saw a tweet tonight that said Wolves spent the fifth most money in the Premier League during this transfer window, but they made the most money on sales than anybody else in the Premier League. That's common business sense as well, isn't it? So yeah. I think this this weird economic climate, global pandemic, you've got clubs that are laying off their mascots for heaven's sake. And there we are <laughs> yeah. that we've we've come out of it really positively. We're kind of balancing the books, but we've strengthened at the same time. As far as I'm aware, all of our backroom office staff administration no one's been laid off as far as the walls go, so it seems they're really, really loyal to to the guys and girls that go there and work in there day in, day out. Who know, Again, it, weird season. Who knows what it's going to be like in 12 months? We could be in a really, really strong position and, and some of the teams could, could be struggling. So let's see what happens over the next two and a half months. Like I said, middle of January, if we're in the thick of things... I think they will go after what we need there, either a midfielder or a center back. And again, weird season. It's like six weeks away, probably. We're going to start to be talking about January the 1st again and who's available and what the speculation is. So again, very disjointed. You can't really plan it around a a normal season. So we've got that to factor into it as well. There may be a couple that they had lined up that didn't get them to the finish line in in October, but hey, they can they can wait six weeks on them. And yeah, if we're in that position and we need a boost, then then they can come in. I will say as well, another good piece of business. Gibbs White seems to be doing well at Swansea, getting a lot of game time under his belt. That could be somebody you see come back next season with uh, a little bit more experience, a little bit more strength and power. So you know. They're definitely looking to the future. 
and not just, you know, knee-jerk. Like Man United seems to be knee-jerk reaction, just get anybody in, panic, panic, panic. <laughs> Whereas Fosun and Wolves, we pay what we think. If they go over value, they, they're not going to just panic and buy somebody because they've upped the price by 10 million. They're just going to walk away from a deal if they don't see it as good value for money. It just, yeah. just seems to me the speculation that, that was kicking around all through the summer and into the close of this transfer window, that for every position they wanted to target, they probably had three or four options. And I think they, I definitely saw a report about when Carlos Vinicius signed for Spurs that we'd bid for him and we'd bid 45 million. So, you know, if, yeah. if it was him or Silver and they got a better deal from Silver and they've got a better long-term value that they're thinking from him, that it, it's strategic. It, it, you're right. It's not scattergun. It's measured. They've got these pool of players that can come in. They're going to go in. They're going to bid for them. They're going to offer what they think is, is right. But they know from that core of players that if they get one of them, they're going to be the right fit and they're going to do well for the team and for the club in the future. Paul, what's it been like? Because has this been one of the most exciting transfer windows for you as a Wolves fan? I mean, could yeah. you just imagine four years ago thinking that we'd be talking about all these big names and this amount of money? You can't. It's really, yeah, it's really crazy just to to think about that exact journey of, of where we've come and the, the players that we're linked with in the past. And then suddenly all these names are coming out. It's it's surreal. It's like we're in a parallel universe sometimes, but then you do, you take, you take a step back and look, but you got, you've got some real quality through this team now. And not only the, the players that we're, uh, we were linked with, but you've got Cody again, locked to a long-term contract, England international now, probably get another cap over this international break. Traore's made the pledge to Spain, so he's going to be on the international stage with a, a fantastic team. And yeah, there was me talking about yeah, 10, 20 years ago that we'd we'd be playing on a Friday night because of the England games on the weekend and we'd still have to be playing. So yeah, but give, give give it an A as far as that goes for sure. Absolutely. Are you a new fan of Wolves having only recently discovered the team? and have a question, but maybe you're worried it's too simplistic? Have no fear. Use our No Stupid Questions segment to ask away. Submit your questions on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash whole lot of wolves, on Twitter at WLWpod, and even if you'd like to remain anonymous, you can ask on our website, www.wholelotofwolves.com. Well, we are very excited that this week we got a no stupid question. That's right. Adam Williams, he was in touch on on Twitter and he asked a really interesting question. He said, who do you think's the most exciting prospect coming out of the Wolves Academy? Dan, let's hear it. What do you think? I mean, it's what's his name? Luke Matheson? Yeah, that's who I was going to say too. Yeah. That kid looks really, really very, very promising for the future. I think he's definitely going to be one to watch. In terms of coming out of the academy, it's difficult to say really because we've we've had so many kind of almosts over the years that we've ended up getting rid of. Uh, Bright Mbakari, I remember him play against City in the uh, the FA Cup, 
and he, he was one of the most talented strikers I've ever seen right up until he had to shoot. And then it was, <laughs> and then for some reason, all the talent just left his body. He, he, uh, I remember him shrugging off Mendy, running through, and then just, yeah. Israel, Israel, what was his name a few years ago? Um, Zelly, think, Zelly Israel, yeah. the first £100 million footballer. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's so difficult to say, but I do like the way that we are definitely looking at the youth and looking a bit like a kind of almost Chelsea Man City model of building up the youth players. And then if they don't fit in or they're not good enough for the first team, you're still getting a decent return on them, selling them to other clubs. So, you know, I, th- I think there's a lot of potential there in the youth, but we'll have to see how it uh, progresses. We were talking before uh, with the game that Hoover got a start Bennett and Ruddy as well, but I think that's just to stop them being a little bit too rusty in case they are called upon. But with Hoover, as, as we said, that is just, we, we play the same system all the way down. So that is getting him used to the system as quickly as he can. Obviously different players in the first team, but the same system. So I, I'm happy to see that that's a really, really strong development from Wolves. Dan's talking about folks, the, EFL trophy that was played tonight we were away against Bradford and what the EFL trophy is it's a a knockout competition for those league teams which are championship and below so kind of their knockout tournament that they ultimately go all the way through and will play the final in Wembley starts off as kind of a divisional round why the Wolves are playing is that certain teams in the Premier League can enter their under 23 squad we're in that divisional round with these teams in the lower leagues that are fielding their full strength side so the likes of Ruddy and and Bennett we're, we're getting minutes to blow away the cobwebs a little bit but yeah the likes of Hoover is getting getting drilled into the system because there, there's not a lot of football to be played immediately we're not in the league cup so I think it, it could be useful we might see more of them in in those types of games even to to begin with it was a one-all draw and we, we won on penalties so that was the result from from the game tonight I think it's interesting where you say kind of who's the most exciting academy product because it really shows you how the academy models change that even now those players like Luke Matheson that's an investment because we're picking him up and I think he probably costs when it comes out if it, if it ever does probably in the mid like a million around about that figure that they're willing to spend that on, on a young kid and then put him in the academy and give him these under 23 games and, and see how he goes knowing that yeah he's either going to come in and that will be like a transfer from the academy team into the first team where if you did that and bought someone from the championship say you'd have to be spending five six maybe ten million on that quality of player if we were able to pick them up early nurture them get them into the groove of walls then sign them from the academy it it makes a ton of sense so i think that's that's an interesting model that we look at it's not necessarily homegrown players in the academy we, we might be picking up these younger kids who are in the late teens but for decent money and we're nurturing that way look at porto i mean that was the, we've bought all their academy guys pretty much that's that right, right there it shows how the business works i'm not sure if you saw it i thought it was really cute this week that Luke Matheson I think it was his dad that he had a picture of him in his England tracksuit ready to go to the under 19 squad and next to it was 
one of his pictures from when he used to play as a kid and he was all skin and bone his jersey was too big for him he was playing with glasses and you just he was holding a trophy you just wanted to give him give him a little hug but it just shows you man what, what you could go the way through now and he's on under 19 England international kind of kicking around a, a Premier League team it's uh it's a re- really really nice story couple of academy players that stood out for me that I, I look into it and I really want to see how Owen Otisori develops and not necessarily because he's academy right now but we've got the taste of last season that he got a run out in I think at least one of the Europa games I remember so it's interesting for our standpoint on this side of the pond that it looks like he's more favouring the US men's national team if he's going to put his colours to the mast in terms of national team representation. So I think I saw some of the flashes of highlights from the last under 23 game that the the Wolves broadcast and it's hard to judge because there's a massive golfing class from under 23s to Premier League team. And even we're in the second tier of the under 23. So it's not kind of the cutthroat of that competition either. But he definitely stands out. He's big. He's got a presence. He's got close control. I think he's got everything that checks the box of some someone that could really, really dominate that midfield. And the other one I take a look at quite interestingly, mainly because he's still only 17, I think. He's six foot two. He typically captains the under 23s and that's Christian Marquez. And why that's interesting for is the sweeper. So again, a lot of what we've talked about just is he's getting drilled into that role. And it's very specific. We know Cody plays it to a T, not necessarily for the technical ability that he brings, but the organization and being having the ability to talk to his teammates around him to really plan the game from the back so if that's what they're instilling into Marquez then he could easily be a natural successor to Cody even in two or three years time when he's still late teens early 20s there could be a natural replacement right there without having to go out scout someone and spend big bucks on someone who takes up such a significant position within the team. Do you see a potential future for Dion Sanderson in the team? Obviously, it's it's been talked about. For me, I, I wouldn't mind him doing a Gibbs White and maybe loan him out to a championship team to get physical minutes. Under 23s and everything is one thing, but in the championship, you've got to get used to being kicked a lot. As we found out in the last season, I think we had more red cards against us when we finished that season. Uh, not against our team, you know, more teams getting red cards against us than any other. So do you think Dion Sanderson's going to able to make that jump up? I think the reports that came from, from his time at Cardiff were positive. And then it's funny, if you'd, if you'd have had a player that we didn't own, but had done well for Cardiff in a team that made the playoffs... And then we said, are we going to buy this kid for three to five million, which for what that's what he could cost now, possibly because they're having such a good, good season. You probably say, yeah, we'll buy him and we'll nurture him and he'll do well. So I think you're right. I think definitely another season out on loan for a full season do him, do him the world of good. The flashes that I saw were only really in the Asia trophy last summer. And to me, he seems like he's got more of a more his abilities more geared towards 
the right centre-back berth than the right wing-back. But yeah, physical specimen, tall, pacey, strong. I think it bodes well that either we nurture him and he flourishes and he does come into the fold or we do sell him. But because of what's gone into his development, then we get a good good return on that investment with a couple of three million maybe. Would you like to hear your company's name in one of these sections broadcast to a captive group of soccer fans across North America? Get in touch for information on our packages, including presenting sponsor, segment sponsors and paid partnerships on social media by emailing hello at wholelotofwolves.com. Finally, in this week's supporter group focus, it's over to you, Dan. Talk about New York Wolves, where you guys meet and how to get in touch with you. Yeah, it's been a bit slow for us with COVID. New York City seems to be locking down again, unfortunately. So we, we do want to get a meet up as soon as we can. But then whatever with the new the new Premier League system, we keep getting scuppered with Leeds being moved to Monday, Newcastle and stuff being moved. So my advice is the best way to keep in touch with us is search for New York Wolves on Facebook. That is the best way. I update that every week. And if there is going to be a meeting, I'll let you know there. There's also NYC Wolves on Instagram and NYC Wolves fans on Twitter. I'll be honest, I'm not that great at social media, so Instagram and Twitter fall by the wayside. So Facebook, New York Wolves is the best way to go. Yeah, and you know, good luck to you guys over in New York. I know it's it, it is it's kind of rough times out there right now for all of us, even across the pond. And uh, I did say I do wanted to give a shout out. I don't know if anyone follows the uh, the Wolves fan parliament. But they they put a petition out on the government website to apparently Wolves have put a a proposal into the government about getting fans back into the stands. And uh, so if you go on Facebook and search for Wolves fans, fans parliament, they have a petition up there. If you sign that, I think it's at 100. I signed it this evening. It was 128,000 signatures when I signed. So get there, make your voice heard and let them know that if for some reason we can all go hang out in parks why we can't socially distance in a stadium. I mean, obviously, we, we want everyone to be safe. Wear your Wolves authentic face masks. <laughs> but we do want to see fans back in stadiums, definitely. I agree. Thanks, Dan. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on. We look forward to welcoming you again in the future. So it's the international break coming up, folks. So it means it's a weekend that you look longingly for the next game. And instead, you have to do boring chores around the house. And what's even worse is that we have to wait till the following Monday, because as Dan just said, that Leeds game's got pushed back to October the 19th. So we'll be back with whole lot of walls to give you a preview of that in the week before. Thank you for your listenership, your continued support. Please subscribe, like, share and give us a five star review across your podcast listening platform of choice. This helps a ton with our exposure. Playing you out again this week is another hit from our friends, the Wolfpack Howlers. These guys are hugely talented. We love them here on Whole Lot of Wolves. They've got an album out now as well. So if you can get your hands on it, support these guys. This one is Nuno Had a Dream. Cause Nuno had a dream To build a football team With Chinese owners and a white
bad.